splash, splash, splash your sass, splash your sass, hey with A, me, Quinn, Lee, splash your sass, starting now with A, me, Quinn, Lee, go. What up, fools? Welcome to the Splash Your Sass podcast. I'm your host, Amy Quinley, and today we're here to recap Jeff Lewis Live for the week of January 29th to February 2nd, 2-2. Two two. Everybody wearing your two twos today in celebration of two two. Today's date, if you couldn't tell. All right, let's just get right into Monday's episode. We had Jackie Schimmel and Zach Noe Towers, baby, who just came back from a gay cruise. So Zach Noe Towers, he was explaining the cruise and how there was a full age range aboard. There definitely wasn't a full um sexuality range you know it was just it was one sexuality gay you had it was gay but the age could vary sure so um but the issue with this is that zach was like yeah people in their 20s all the way to people that were born in the 20s now uh four years ago that would have worked that would have worked sure however We have now come full swing and we are back into the 20s. So like any older person, anytime you say the 20s, the 20s, obviously we mean the 1920s, flapper era, no booze for anybody unless you built an underground bunker to drink it in. And so now it's just like, we have people that were born in the 2020s. So if you're going to say the 20s, if you say the 30s or the 40s or the 50s, we're still talking the 1900s. If you are saying, what do, what do they say for like the zeros, like the early 2000s? What about the late 2000s? And then what is it like the early 2010s? What does the 10 decade get? 2010 to 2020, you just have to say the exact date. Whatever. My whole point is that when Zach says that people were born in the 20s on the cruise, does that mean that there's infants aboard? Are there gay infants aboard? Or are they gay centurions, dinosaurs? Because I'm just saying we could go either way. If you're going to say people were born in the 20s and they're on the cruise, are we talking 2020 or 1920? Maybe you're talking 1820, all right? I don't know who the fuck got frozen and unfrozen since then. Maybe it was Walt Disney gay. I don't want to start rumors but you could assume by (laughs) his profession and his park and you know his love of children bringing bringing them joy sure but you could also argue he loves to be around children so I I don't want to start rumors um but yeah so Zach was saying that at least three people allegedly perhaps died on his cruise and this brings me back to, we mentioned it before on Splash of Sass, but White Lotus. When the fuck is, I keep on forgetting about the writer's strike and that that has had an impact because I just watch so much goddamn reality TV that it takes me so long to realize, like, why the fuck haven't I seen White Lotus in a lifetime? Oh, right, because they were fighting for their goddamn rights. But now that they got their rights and they're back to writing, let's get a season about a cruise, you guys. That is such a perfect thing. A vacation stuck on a boat and shit's going awry. Everyone's dying. Like, what the fuck? But uh, I guess on Zach Noe Towers' cruise, the people were dying from drugs. And somehow this turned into Jameson once trying to smuggle an avocado on a cruise ship through his butt. 
And then once he got to his room, he shit it out and it was guacamole in the toilet. I don't And they whipped out the tortillas and said, ole, ole, ole. I don't fucking know. That was disgusting. It was a disgusting image. Whoever said it, that he was smuggling avocados through his butt and then shit out guacamole. That. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was Zach Noe Towers that said it. <laughs> but yeah, it was an image that I will never get out of my brain and I will forever wish to. So also not even forget just White Lotus. Okay. You could have an entire fucking movie just based on cruise ship people who get disgruntled and somehow end up taking over the ship because you're literally just a giant floating barge in the middle of what's it, the international waters. Like there's no rules. There's no rule. Forget a Bermuda triangle. The international triangle is even worse than that. And like, we don't know what the fuck goes on there. So if you're going to be in the deep seven seas, then having an entire cruise ship take over the cruise boat sounds fat. It sounds fascinating to me. So writers get right in. Okay. Then we get into how Jackie Schimmel has a fear of birds and throwing up birds and throwing up. And Jeff was like, um, okay. You do know that you have a baby bird that throws up most of the day, right? I guess it's like a baby boy, but, or I don't know what, I don't know what Jen, I don't, she has a kid. She has a baby kid (laughs) that has been confirmed. It is a human. And Jackie's like, I can handle baby spit. All right. It's just when my husband starts vomiting, next to me. Um, that's just another reason why I could never have kids. I was a throw upper. Okay. I'm so sensitive, even my little tummy. So like growing up, I just vomited all the time. Like half of my memories from childhood are vomiting. (laughs) Half of my memories from college are vomiting (laughs) Ah, for much different reasons, (laughs) but the childhood throw up was innocent. Okay. And not self-induced by binge shrinking. So, um, yeah, but so like, I just puked everywhere and to like, know that you could have a child and all they do all night long is just puke all over your clean. No, I, Jeff said that if Monroe threw in his car, threw up in his car, then he would throw the car away. If my kid threw up in my car, I would throw the kid away. You know, like that's that, that, that sentence right there. That's why I don't have children. Dude, my fucking nephew, he begged for his birthday. He's like seventh birthday. He just wanted calamari, calamari, calamari. It was during quarantine. So sure, calamari and quahogs in quarantine. And so he ended up vomiting the entire night all over the place. And they had wooden floorboards. And it was just a calamari explosion of 2020. And the calamari was seeping through the floorboards. And so... So my sister's like just tossing him right into the shower. Like, do not pass go. Do not any, just go sit in the shower and think about what you've done with the vomit pouring out of your mouth. And my brother-in-law was like literally on his hands and knees for most of the night cleaning up calamari from a floorboard. And that reason alone, like just hearing about that one night, that's enough. That's enough, enough, enough. For me to, yeah, again, we get it, not want kids. Um, and people would be like, Amy, that's one night out of a million good nights. Are there, are there a million good nights or are all of them a little bit on the throw up side? 
All right, moving on. Um, in JLO, I guess Chef Chris Sage. Chris Sage has entered the chat. I don't know. I think we got to sage out that studio because uh, the lies, the lies that go on sometimes, I tell you. You know, I love you, Jeff, but we're going to get into it. We're going to get the fuck into it. Don't y'all worry. Okay, so I guess last week on JLL, Denise Richards, she said that she got fucked up during the weed dinner and maybe it was because she was eating too much of the weed. Where was I? Where the fuck was I for this? Okay, how did I miss that? How did I I am so disappointed in myself? Because I would have had Chef Chris Sage's back from the get-go, from seven days ago. Because I promise you, no matter how much fucking THC that you consume, you don't slur your speech like that. You don't become incoherent and droopy-eyed. Like, what are you talking about? Denise was a slur McFur, okay? That night when she was in her poofy, upside-down coat, whatever. Yeah, so don't you ever come for my beloved ganja, all right? When we all know that you were either, I don't know, I look, we can speculate, but there were, I would say, it's not like you weren't popping pillies or popping bottles of Casamigos, but either way, what we, and that's all alleged, all I know for a fact is that is not what marijuana does to you, that is fucked up to go after Chef Chris Sage's business like that and be like, oh yeah, I guess that's just what happened. Because here's the thing, like we're just reintroducing cannabis back into the world and all of the youth, we're fine with it. We understand it. It's like our best friend. Okay. It's been our emotional support drug of choice for (laughs) the past however many years. Now for the elders, the elders, they come from a time when it was like, ah, you smoke weed and you get raped and the Mexicans will kill you. Not my words. That was y'all. That was all of the the elders. So we're just trying to reintroduce THC back into societal norms. And so having these THC dinners on these Bravo shows is a great way for people back home who are just used to getting blackout drunk all the time to be like, oh, maybe I could just enjoy some delicious food and then giggle my way into a delightful sleep. Doesn't that sound lovely? Because that is what THC will do to you. It won't make you literally give Erica Jane daggers across the table like Denise Richards was doing, being like, you don't know what you did last summer. We're all like, Denise, what the? We're not in a soap opera, babe. I think you got the wrong script. You got the wrong script sent to you this week. (laughs) And your Bravo handler needs to get back in check because... Because you were just on, you were on a different planet. And again, my marijuana would never, ever, ever do that to any of you, okay? It treats you with respect and love and kindness if you do the same. Now, Jeff Lewis, my issue with Jeff in this is that Jeff went after the fucking chef because we know that he's bitter against all chefs now after Stu proved to be poo. No, I'm kidding. I'm I'm sorry. I will defend you, Chef Stu, in a minute. You're coming up. Don't you worry about you. So with uh, Chef Chris Sage, who did the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills THC dinner, Jeff was like, 
why the fuck would we now ever go to a dinner with Chris Sage when he's cooking? Because he might then go talk about it on his social media like he did with Denise. Like, I guess after JLL, the chef had to come and defend himself because, again, this is a new industry that we're trying to convince an entire multiple generations that it's okay. We're fighting back against all of those dare commercials, all of the everything that was drilled into these people's heads about marijuana's evil, evil. No, you guys are evil. We're all evil. Humans are evil, okay? Humans are evil. Let, uh, humans on THC, a little less evil, if I do say so myself. So Chris, Chef Chris Sage has a right to defend his business. So I guess he went on Instagram and was like, uh, Denise, rest in peace because I'm about to kill any story that is saying that you got fucked up over my weed. Now, for Jeff Lewis to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe this chef would then go on a public platform and defend himself. That's so what a rude fucking bitch. I'm never going to any of his events again. Great, Jeff, you weren't fucking invited in the first place. OK, and if anything, you could use a THC dinner. I would suggest highly to you, highly, all puns intended, to put down the fucking martini and pick up a joint. God damn. All right. So I, that's what I need to do right now, clearly. But um, yeah, Jeff, if people use that same logic against you, if they're like, don't hang out with him because he might go the next day and talk about it on a public platform, then guess what, babe? You'd have fucking zero people to hang out with. Zero. I mean, no, that's not true because you still have the people that you pay, which is like all the close people in your life. Again, a great thing. It's a great problem to have. But um, I'm just saying the fucking double standards, like suck a dick, Jeff, choke on a cock because you're so on your high horse about everything. And the only thing that you need to do is get high and go on a horse because get off the fucking high horse and just be high on a horse because you do the exact same fucking shit. You, if you were chef Chris and somebody came after your show and was like, when I went on Jeff, ah, I was forced to tell all this. You would have gone on air and been like, I never forced anybody to do this. Like you would defend yourself too. So yeah, justice for chef Chris age and ganja for everybody. Okay, now moving on to Tuesday's show. We had Cynthia Bailey in the motherfucking Hollywood house lift. And Justin Martin fail. Huh, kidding. I, Justin, come on. You have the most rhymable name I've ever experienced. Dale? Dale? Literally every single letter almost right. Bale? Dale? Kale? Jail? Fail? Nail? Snail? Pale? I can't. I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to go whale now. Ah! All right. Justin Martindale, bitch. Now, Jeff talks about how hot the L.A. homeless people are on Kawanga. I guess it's a street name around there. Kawanga. All I could think the entire time is how much that's. <laughs> Hear me out. Boy Meets World, Boy Meets Podcast. Um, No, I kept on thinking about how it sounded like Kawabunga and Topanga. Topanga from Boy Meets World, which Topanga was the most underappreciated millennial hero of our time. Like I've, Topanga and Corey, they were like what everybody aspired to be. That was, that was the most wholesome couple 
of a lifetime. And what an amazing example for us. Now, however, most of us have gone the Sean route, which Sean was Corey's best friend, and he was more of a fuck up (laughs) and a hoe. And we're much more Sean's than Corey's in the world. But Corey and Topanga, long live, and Kawabunga and Kawanga for all. I also, speaking of homeless people, but not about homeless people, I just saw an article in the New York Post a couple days ago that most Gen Z feel (laughs) politically homeless. They feel politically homeless. And I have never heard a phrase and understood it more without any, I don't need to read the article. I don't need any more info. I just understand. Like, yeah, there's no winning in this talk about the 2024 election real fast can we just say how fucking crazy it is that we have the same men going for the same position we're in the exact same spot that we were four years ago that nothing makes sense i thought trump was going to jail and i thought biden was like in a casket i'm so i'm sorry but both of them awful like for different reasons for different reasons Trump feels like he can grab my vagina anytime. If he does, I will fucking chop his dick off and shove it down Jeff Lewis's throat. Why? I don't know. For funsies, okay? And that's not a threat, okay? It's a good time. No, um, I'm just kidding. But I won't. I don't want to chop anything. I'm just saying, don't fucking grab me by the pussy, though. And so, obviously, that's just a standard rule for every, all humans. Don't grab any human by the pussy. Or the bussy, or the bussy, okay? John Hill, we're talking to you. But Biden is also, he's a disaster. You, he doesn't even know where the fuck he is. He's with Denise Richards on a different planet with 20 Valium and half a bottle of Casamigos in their system. <laughs> Allegedly, alleged. I don't know, I don't know. But I do know that there is something even bigger that we all have to be like, as a American society, we have to be completely horrified that we are in the exact same position as four years ago. How is there no like Barack, young Barack Obama or like young anybody who's like over the past four years spent the four years getting ready to campaign and like, dude, why are we still with Biden? And Trump? How, how, how? And I'm not, I'm, that's why I'm just trying, I'm not trying to get into politics. I'm just trying to say why Gen Z feels politically homeless because they don't want either house that's representing right now. It's a mess. It's a mess. And it shocks me that we could be in the same mess four years later. And to me, all that means is that there's even higher beings in control than either candidate that we're talking about. So that's just my rant for today on that okay so now cynthia bailey is acting in a new show i guess she's an actress called the in the black mafia but her makeup is a more dressed down look so a make under if you will a make under she might potentially look like one of the hotties on kawanga i don't (laughs) i don't know so we'll have to wait to see how this how she looks in the show. So um, Justin Martindale, he was like, oh, shit, did they Griselda you like they did to poor Sofia Vergara? I almost said Viagra for a second. Um, you guys, we have to talk about this. Okay, Griselda on Netflix. The opening line is iconic. It says, it's a quote from, what's his name? I always think Fidel Castro. Um Pablo Escobar, Pablo Escobar. And he, I don't know what the fuck that accent was, but uh, yeah. So Pablo, he's like, 
there's only one man I've ever feared in life, and that man is a woman named Griselda. I was like, damn, what a fucking way to start a show, okay? I fear her now. I'm on pa- if Pablo fears her, then I'm I'm toast. I'm toast. I don't hear that expression often anymore. You're toast. Buttered with cinnamon sugar. Pour that sugar on me. Okay, so um, why was I saying I'll be toast? Toast, cinnamon toast crunch. No, no, no. Um, oh, Griselda. Okay, so you guys, this is fucking crazy. I can't believe I haven't heard anybody say this yet, and I can't believe everybody isn't talking about it. Luann Deliceps, Countess Luann, we love her so fucking much, okay? Bow down. She's a queen and a countess, both. Okay. Do not tell me. Once I saw this in the first episode, I could absolutely not unsee it. Sophia Vegara playing Griselda is Luann Deliceps' identical twin. Identical twin, down to the exact same wrap dresses, the same statement necklaces, the exact same hairstyle. It was unreal. But only when Sophia's mouth is closed, because those prosthetic teeth, they are nothing. Nothing like the Countess's pearly whites, okay? But other than that, so it's with her mouth closed. I'm like, that is Luann. That is Luann Deliceps. And I know that Sophia Vergara was just on Watch What Happens Live with Alexia from Real Housewives of Miami. And I was like, why the fuck was it not Sophia Vergara sitting next to her identical twin, Countess Luann? It is wild. And you can't tell me otherwise. Again, I was just watching Countess Luann become the Coke queen of Miami. And It was fascinating. So you did an amazing acting job, Luann, and bow down bitches. Oh, also a quick note, because there were, I'm telling you, like Griselda's, Sofia Vergara, Griselda's wardrobe, it, they borrowed it from Countess Luann's closet. Like they are the same person, (laughs) but with these statement necklaces. Okay. It has become a trend lately for girls to make a statement by not wearing necklaces. That is their statement necklace of choice, is to not wear a necklace. And I see it everywhere from Watch What Happens Live to these reunions to just on all the reality shows. All these girls, bare-chested, bare-the-fuck-chested. And I'm just saying, even like the tiniest little like diamond pendant, like any little thing, like what happened to jewelry? Why can't we get this, even the simplest little tiny thing? Like it looks cute. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the bare chested look. So I can't wait for that trend to die, motherfucker. Okay. Now, Cynthia Bailey, she was pimping herself out. PSA, announcement for the ages. If Cynthia Bailey's person is in the greater Los Angeles area, Please come and find her in the next two weeks while she's in L.A. Because she's she's looking. She's looking for her person. My person. She kept saying my person. Now, what the fuck do you mean by my person? Can Cynthia change it to she's looking for her person for right now? Her right now person? Because when we first met her, Peter Thomas was her person. Then they got divorced. Okay, that happens. But then she found my kill. And oh my God, he was her person. That was her person. They had no chill together. That was their thing. That was their couple's name. Chill. No chill. But then they got divorced. They, had, they really did have no chill. They got divorced pretty quick. And now she's looking for a new person to call her person. 
And I'm I, this is exactly what I'm saying, okay? It ties all back into the monogamy conversation and just marriage in general. Like, I love the idea of partnership, and I totally think humans should be able to rely on each other. And be, we should work as a village. Like, that is when we are working as our best. Like, when we do feel like we, we can rely on other humans. However... If you went to her first wedding with Peter Thomas, you had to be like, oh my God, Cynthia, I'm so happy you found your person. Then they get divorced. Again, shit happens. I get it. But then with Mike Hill, we had to be like, oh my God, Cynthia, yay, you found your person again. Why do we have to keep on? And then she lost that person. And now we have to do it the next fill in the blank with the next boy. Oh my God, Cynthia, you found him again. Oh my God. Like talk about amazing grace. Once lost, now found. Cynthia has amazing grace because her people, they, she loses her people. And then she finds, she finds her person. She finds a new person to call her person. And I just, I, this is, I hate the fact that we have to pretend like when Cynthia is with Mike, we all had to be like, oh my God. And then we'll have to do it again. Well, I'm saying, can we just be a little more real about it? And like when we're at marriage ceremony, what's a wedding? <laughs> That's how fucking jaded I am. I've literally blacked out the word wedding from my vocabulary. No, when you're at a wedding, like, why does it have to be like this eternal love above, above, like, why can't it just be like, you guys, you have to promise to be each other's team. I don't know. It's like, it's a choice to be a good partner for somebody. And I think a lot of times men, I think a lot of girls, we want monogamy. Like we want, I don't want my guy fucking somebody else. Would I want multiple guys that I could fuck? Of course. We. <laughs> so like, I understand, but then it doesn't work because if I was in a polyamorous relationship, I would kill the bitches. Like, no, that, you know, so, so I don't, it's, it's just a, it's a conversation for humans to have about us as a species, like, again, we can get into that. And that's not why we're here. But it's just, it's interesting. Like, even the whole Rumspringa idea that we had with perhaps that's what Kyle and Mauricio are doing, where, you know, we're just, let's just take a little time and figure out if, see, test the waters and like, go have some fun with other people for a little bit. Do I think that Kyle and Morgan maybe have done a little more than tape each other be on tape together and maybe they introduce some scissors into the equation of course in my darkest of thought yes I do believe that wholeheartedly allegedly but I am saying like maybe that is a solution for married couples like if maybe like every five years that is what humans need to like get it out of their system I don't know I, I it's fascinating to me but again the fact that we have to go to all these weddings and pretend like you guys are gonna be the happiest souls in the entire world for the rest of your life when you guys were literally fighting and screaming at each other in the bridal suite 10 minutes ago it just is a load of malarkey to me Okay. Uh, also, can I add in Pej Vidot as a possible suitor for Cynthia Bailey? I don't know. I just, I feel like maybe Pej Vidot can be her person for the next month. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Let's move on to the Wednesday episode. We had Jill Zarin in the motherfucking building and Gary Busey. Gary Brody. Sorry, that was a typo. Okay, so Jeff got Jill and Gary a hotel. I Again, we've talked about this. I want Gary's name to be Jack. I That's all I wished for. I'm so happy that after 
Jill's beloved first husband died, Bobby. Oh my God. Everybody loves Bobby. Bobby. If I found a Bobby, that's who I would marry. I, I love a Bobby, but not everyone can find him. But the fact that Jill found a Gary after a Bobby makes me so happy. The only thing that's negative about it is that his name isn't Jack. All right. It means Jack shit to me if his name isn't Jack, because saying Jack and Jill is just the most fun couple's name I could ever think of. OK, so Jeff Lewis got Jack and Jill, no, Jill and Gary, a hotel room while they were in town for the show this time. And <laughs> Jill Zaren, <laughs> Jill Zarin gave her hotel re room review live on Insta, live on Insta the night before. And which at first, all I could think is, what a bold move. What a bold move to review your stay while you're still staying. While you're still staying. Like, what the fuck? I would wait until that security deposit hits the bank before talking smack. Because, sure, like, you can give the hotel as many compliments as you want. But that hotel will remember one bad word for its entire lifetime, all right? And for Jill to be like, oh, my God, the room, it's great, this, this, this. And everything's amazing about this hotel, Except the room's a little small, but it's fine. Small, but it's fine. Her exact words, which also <laughs> cracked me up because I was like, yeah, that's the review every girl ever gives when <laughs> unzipping a boy's pants for the first time. <laughs> the big reveal. Is it big, though? No, no. So we end up saying small, but it's fine. It's what we can make it work. We can make it work. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, we're all <clears throat> sizes, equal opportunity, I guess. I guess. Not really. Um, no, no. Small is fine, I guess. Okay, so, um, but yeah, like, you don't review a hotel while you're still staying there because you're getting coffee delivered in the morning, right, from from uh room service yeah they can still hawk a loogie in there like they can still fuck with your shit while you're giving a review while you're still saying but then then i remembered that jeff lewis it's on jeff lewis's dime it's his card for incidentals he's he's on the hook for everything so yeah jill review away review away so then jill offers to furnish doug's bnb &B where she'll perhaps be staying next time with Gary and Bossy, her pup, uh, and Allie, too, if she stays. Um, Allie, her daughter. And, you know, I'm like Bossy's sister. And, wait, Gary, Allie, and Bossy? That couple's, like, the three most important people in Jill Zarin's life right now? Their couple name, Gary, Allie, and Bossy, you combine that name? Do you know what that is? Gassy. Gassy, G Gary, Allie, Gally, G Bossy, Gassy, Gassy. <laughs> uh, stay gassy, Jill. Okay, no, but um, when talking about Doug's B&B, &B, Jill was like, I I can get room service though, right? Like I, I can get coffee served to me in the morning without a loogie hawked in it. Actually, you never know with Doug. I don't know what weird sh I don't know. I'm not saying you would, Doug. You'd Doug's like, why the fuck would I do that? I don't know. I don't know you. Please don't. Please don't. I don't think you would, but don't. So Jill was like, there is a continental breakfast though, because I ain't going if there's no home cooking. And all I could think of is do not, Fucking, if this is a success and Doug's B&B &B is a great hit and Megan Weaver wants to start hosting as well, 
Never fucking eat an egg scramble over at the Weavers, okay? Because unless you want a bath salt scramble, I will never get over the fact that Megan Weaver had bath salts in her kitchen cabinet with regular Himalayan sea salt. We need, we need, we need Megan get her back behind the microphone, and that's really the only question I want to ask her for the entire hour on JLL is. What the fuck were you thinking? What the fuck were you thinking? Bruh. Okay, so um, Jill Zarin has a new rug line, I believe, coming out called Bossy. The rugs are made out of Bossy's actual fur. So it's they're very rare. They can only do one rug a year. <laughs> that little pup. Um, No, it's something. I don't know if it was like candles or if it was rugs. Something with a bossy line, though. And it won't be out for a while. So in the meantime, Jeff Lewis, Jeffrey, he was trying to convince Jill Zarin that fucking bossy was going to die in the meantime. He was going to die before they could release the product line. Every fucking five seconds, he was like, but what if bossy dies? He's going to die, 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 die. Awful, Jeff. You were being awful, okay? He was reminding me so much of Nicki Minaj. We are going to, I'm going to explain to you full circle why Jeff Lewis and Nicki Minaj, they might be the same person. I don't, have I ever seen them in a room together at the same time? No. Have I seen either of them in a room? No, no. All right. But they both take it way too fucking far and they think that they're being so clever and so funny, but the rest of us are actually cringing so hard and we're just like watching the train wreck go down and <laughs> and Jeff and Nikki are like, oh my God, they can't stop staring at us. They can't stop staring. And we're like, yeah, we're staring at the train wreck that you guys are conducting. Okay, so recently, Nikki, she has been in the news for Megan the Stallion beef. And even if you don't listen to either of them, so- Megan the Stallion, her mom passed away, and she has this song, Anxiety. Anxiety by Megan the Stallion is one of my favorite fucking songs. Um, so she talks about her mom in it, and like obviously she misses her and like wishes she could apologize for her ratchet behavior grow, uh, growing up as a hooligan youth, as we all are. And she clearly, like, there's a lot in it. So then Nicki Minaj ends up going for Megan the Stallion's mom and being like, You need to raise that bitch from the dead and fucking ask for forgiveness. And it was just so fucked up for Nicki to go after Megan's dead mom to the point where they had to beef up security because of this beef because of this rap beef they had to beef up actual security at Megan the Stallion's mom's grave site do you know how fucked that is that is so fucking weird that people are such big fans of somebody else that they don't even know like people are so diehard for Nicki Minaj that they're willing to what go what are you gonna do to Megan the Stallion's mom's like it's so are you gonna fuck it like salt burn like what get fucked like what the fuck it's just bizarre everybody needs to like literally as Jill Zarin herself said oh no wait Bethany said it too Jill sorry Jill get a hobby get a hobby okay get a fucking hobby every anyone so that's willing to go to a grave site of someone you don't even know on behalf of somebody you don't even know so this was so reminiscent to me of Jeff going like in this situation, Jeff is Nicki Minaj and chef Stu. I told you, Stu, I was going to defend you. We, we got there. Stu is Megan, the stallion right now. Stu, the stallion. <laughs> That's what his grinder profile says. At least <laughs> Stu, the stallion. That's great. Um, okay. What wasn't great is Jeff, 
when Stu's mom passed away, so sorry, sorry for your loss. Just mere days after, it was during BravoCon, and right after that, Jeff got behind his big fucking mic and had some big ass shit to talk. And he was so quick to say how fucked up it was that Stu didn't fly home immediately and went to BravoCon and said whatever, like all this stuff. And no matter what, like you just got out of a, you loved that person. You love Stu and you, whatever you want to say, you loved him. And now that his mom just passed away. One of the worst things that could happen to you, even if you're not close to your parents, is still such a jarring moment in your lifetime to lose a parent for your ex-boyfriend to immediately not just go after you within his own group of friends that you would probably hear about anyways through the gossip streets, but to go behind a microphone and say to millions of people how much he thinks you're a piece of shit because you didn't fly home immediately for your mom. Like, shut the fuck up, Jeff. Who are who the fuck are you to say what somebody needs to do while they're grieving? Like, it is so crazy. And Jeff is so big on accountability. This is why I'm coming for you, Jeff, okay? Because you love to come for everybody else and the double standards are not going to fly here. We're a single, I'm a single girl and I'm here to defend those that are singled out because we are sticking to single standards. Okay. Jeff is so quick to say things about other people on live air, but he never returns. He never returns to live air to say that those words were a mistake. So that means with Chef Stu, with him going after Stu about his mom, everything that happened once she died, That means that Jeff either, one, genuinely does not realize how fucked up that was to go after his Stu's decision, like, again, while he was immediately in the grieving process in one of the most traumatic things that can happen to you in your entire lifetime. Or two, it means that he does realize how fucked up it is, but he doesn't think it's his responsibility to then clear the air after he dirtied up the air. He erred, he erred, he erred that dirty laundry. No, he aired that dirty laundry. So you can air your laundry, but then you can't clear up that air again. So then you agree with yourself, Jeff, that you think you handled that situation perfectly right after Stu's mom died. You think that that was a smart thing to do or any human compassion. Like, it's just crazy. And you could also say with Heather McDonald, with Jeff saying that Heather committed a felony when she borrowed her friend's $42 earrings, mind you, mind you. And then they broke and she didn't replace them. And then Jeff said that they were $10,000 and that Heather committed a felony. But then never came back onto live air to say, I got swept up by Krista Lamas fucking gossip ass shit talking. And I said something wrong that was inaccurate. He'd never once came back onto live air to say that. So again, you'll air the dirty laundry, but you never clean it back up. So that annoys the shit out of me. And it's the same with Nicki Minaj and Megan Thee Stallion. Like Nicki came out with this diss song that she thinks is like this amazing track. And everybody's like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's fine, I guess. And like Nicki dropped an acapella version of it. And it's the most cringeworthy shit I've ever heard in my life. And it's like, Jeff and Nikki, you got you guys need to take some of Denise Richards' Valium, allegedly, that I think she has plenty of. I think it'd be good if somebody took some off her hands. <laughs> Out of her mouth. Um, no, all, all alleged. But it's just so fun. Like, I just sit back as Jeff's like, accountability. These people need to take accountability. And I'm like, bitch, what the fuck? Can you grab a mirror and say that sentence again? 
take take a mirror and say it again. All right. Okay, moving on. So then Jeff Lewis asked Jill why she wasn't on Rugged, Rug, Real Housewives of Girls Trip, New York edition. And Jill was like, they didn't ask me, but probably because they knew I wouldn't have done it in the first place. And Jeff's like, what the fuck? Why wouldn't you do it? And Jill's like, I had a bunch of other shit going on. Um, uh, mm, okay, let's, let's call it what it is. Let's just fucking call it what it is. Did Jill have a bunch of other projects going on? Yes, absolutely. I'm sure of it. Would she have made time? Would she have made time for this rugged, rugged New York edition if Bravo was an amazing network to work for and politely asked her back and paid her appropriately and all that? I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. However, Bravo and Andy Cohen specifically, they have relished, relished over the years in this fake narrative that Jill Zarin is the thirstiest housewife around, begging to be back on their network, which is ridiculous in the first place. But now for Jill, if they offer, like, why the fuck would she ever choose to spend her time on a network like Bravo that treated her like shit after she left it when she can just, I don't know, go off on her own and go explore all these other networks offering her projects? Like, yeah, let's see what the ABC producers are like. Let's see what the Fox producers Like, let's see what other production companies are like, because the ones at bravo they fucking hate jill like i don't know how to say it but they give her the worst reputation and again andy cohen propels this all the time through his watch what happens live show where it's always like who's thirstier than jill like they'll play games like who's thirstier than jill nobody and it's just like what the fuck like they're all the same everything's the same everybody wants their opportunities and their platform and to tell their story whatever so it's just always annoyed the shit out of me how much fucking disrespect, how much disrespect they put on Jill Zarin's name on that network, specifically, again, Andy Cohen. So I am I love that she didn't go back for Rugged. Would it have been so much better if she was on it? Fuck yeah. That's what I'm saying. You should have appreciated Jill for the mensch she is, as Gary says. A mensch, right? It's a nice word, mensch. Oh, and a person of integrity and honor. Of course. What a nice word. She's absolutely a mensch. All right. So let's just move on. Okay. Jill and Gary went to Sir Richard Branson's private island home retreat for holiday, as Jeff says it. Oh, you went there for holiday. I was like, what the fuck? Are we in Europe now? Because that's what they call hol- they call vacations holidays. I'm going on holiday. And it's just, it's so funny to me that we had to, Americans, we had to take words that Europeans use on a daily basis and completely fuck them up in our own language to mean something completely different. Like, I will never get over the fact that football, as in soccer, has existed for eons over in Europe, and then Americans were so fucking annoying that we had to come here, create an entire new game, and be like, yeah, let's just fucking call it football. Let's go because we're not playing soccer in America. No one gives a shit about soccer over here. <laughs> it's just so bizarre to me. So the fact that as Americans we had to take holiday and then be like, nah, we're gonna call it vacations over here. <laughs> so then, what do Europeans call actual holidays? Like, what's a bank holiday? It is bank holiday. That's so weird. So then, all right. I just feel like my bank should take me on a holiday. Actually, my bank proves that I should not go on holiday. <laughs> my bank is begging me not to go on holiday, saying you don't 
deserve a vacation. Okay. But um, Jill and Gary, they went on one again to Richard Branson's and it was for a week of tennis camp. What the fuck? They went to tennis camp on this island or the tennis charity, something with Hermione Granger. Oh my God. I love a fucking Harry Potter reference thrown on JLL. All right. So apparently Emma Watson was there and also there was a pack of lemurs, a pack of lemurs, which apparently Richard or Sir Dick, Sir Dick, is that what he's called? He helps rescue animals too. But like lemurs, so cool, right? Who the fuck has lemurs? I don't know. But Jeff, his first thought, he hears lemurs and he goes, do they have alpacas too? Alpacas? What the f- what? Who the fuck gets that excited about alpacas? Especially when there's lemurs on the table. There were lemurs on the table. Why the fuck are we talking about alpacas? What the, Alpacas sit there and they spit on each other. They just spit everywhere. What the lemurs at least lame? I don't know what they do. All right, so then we talk about how Jill Zarin... She, <laughs> she rides her suitcase through the airport? What the fuck? All right, so it's half duffel bag, half golf cart, I guess, and it can go up to 14 miles an hour, but the the thought of Jill Zarin flying through the airport on a suitcase, (laughs) rolling through the top. All right, so Jeff asked, he was like, do people recognize you as you're flying through that thing? Like, there's Jill Zarin driving by on a suitcase, and... (laughs) There was something about him saying driving by on a suitcase that I just couldn't hold it together. I need the dealer, no deal people. Get on the fucking line, okay? Get on the motherfucking line. Pick up my call because we need to get, we need to make a deal. We need to make a deal with Jill Zarin's suitcase manufacturer so that all of the dealer, no deal people, they can come flying out of the set, <laughs> driving their own suitcases. They <laughs> they put on like a little motorcade show before it <laughs> before it all starts you know what like a parade when they have like those guys and like the little barbie cars and they're (laughs) they're like chasing each other around and they like drive up a ramp on a truck if you know what i'm talking about you know if you know if you don't you're probably better off for not knowing but (laughs) to picture all of these deal or no deal girls just on their suitcases like (laughs) driving around the set (laughs) i love it Okay, what I did not fucking love. Jill, you might want to close the ears for this one, okay? Because it stinks, and not in a good way. And I'm talking about your attitude, Miss Zarin. I'm talking about your motherfucking attitude. So, you guys, we've already talked about this. In 2024 alone, on JLL, we have started beef with Zach Braff, Rosie O'Donnell... And now Emma Watson? Emma, I, t- I just, the list, I cannot be more shocked every single week. And I just don't get really what's happening. But if people don't start putting some respect on Hermione Granger's face, then we're going to have a fucking problem. We, we have issues, okay? Because Emma Watson, so this is what happened. Emma Watson was on Sir Richard Dick Branson's island, and she basically said, 
had her handler go around and tell people not to ask for pictures with her. And Jill was like, who the fuck you think you are? You, you think we actually want a picture with you? You're only the most successful child star of all fucking time. Who, who are you again? I don't know her. We don't know you, Jill. We don't know you in this situation because Emma Watson is, again, a fucking child star of a lifetime. You guys, if you watch the first Harry Potter movie, she's an infant. She just came out of the ink cube in the newborn wing of the hospital. Like, she is such a little baby. And from there on, her career has never stopped. She is a such a hustler. And not only that, it paused momentarily for her to go to college in motherfucking Rhode Island. So obviously I'm going to stick up for Hermione Granger, first of all. Secondly, I'm always going to stick up for a Rhode Islander. And then what I'm also going to stick up for is child stars because... It's for Jill. To me, I actually loved that Emma Watson had boundaries and clearly set them from the very beginning, because it wouldn't it be more embarrassing for people to go up to her and ask for a picture and then her to be like, I don't do that. Like, no, whatever. Just have people actually Sir Richard, Sir Dick. He should get a list of people who just don't want to be photographed and then have that in everyone's room when they stay at his island retreat so that they just know. Or how about everyone just put your fucking phone down and enjoy the day, like enjoy life. Like Emma Watson wants to, but she has people like Jill Zarin talking all this shit about her because she doesn't want a picture. All right. So let's think about this. Emma Watson is on a private Island at a private charity event and wants privacy. And Jill Zarin's going to bitch about that. What the, to me, that seems like the most understandable thing I've ever experienced. So again, for Jill Zarin, she is within the past decade only become a recognized face for many. So when she goes out in public, she gets recognized a lot. She could argue her daughter, Allie, since she was a child, got recognized a lot. I guarantee you the amount of people who have recognized Ali Shapiro, Jill Zarin's daughter, versus the amount of people who recognize Emma Watson is completely different. Emma Watson has been a worldwide, like Harry Potter is arguably one of the most cult-like phenomenons in any book movie cinema history like us Potterheads like I'm not even a big one I just appreciate it because it's so fascinating the wizarding world that just kidding Rowling created and so JK JK and so I just can't believe that Jill finds it so shocking that Emma set a boundary like that again as Emma is arguably one of the most successful child stars who has kept such a good head on her shoulders all of these years and still tries to maintain some of her privacy, some of whatever. I thought it was amazing. I was applauding Emma and I was livid as Jill kept on speaking. I was like, Jill, shut the fuck up now. Shut the fuck up now. Now. Like, why are you so bothered about it, Jill? Because you think that Emma thinks she's the big star. That's not what Emma's saying at all. Emma's saying, ever since I was nine years old, no one has ever left me the fuck alone. Again, now that I'm here on a private island at a private charity event, and it wasn't open to the public, now was it? It wasn't, it's not a public island with a public charity event. It was all private. So who the fuck cares if she doesn't want pictures? God damn it. And again, put your fucking phone down. I love you, Hermione. Okay. 
And then this is exactly why two seconds later, Jill Zarin saying how she continually found ways to purposely bump into Kevin Costner so that she potentially could have turned him into Kevin Cockner. Kevin Cock in her. Jill wanted the cock in her. She wanted Kevin Costner's cock in her. If anything, it just justified Emma Watson setting boundaries from the beginning. She doesn't want people like Jill pulling a Kevin Cockner, okay? Leave people alone. Just leave them alone. When Gaudia Leviosa. All right, moving on to Thursday's episode. We had Joey Zelzig and Todrick Haha. Every window in your house shatters hearing my voice. Okay, so um, Jeff thinks that Jameson is currently Frank's sugar daddy, which somehow tied into wearing Speedos. I like blinked for a second and I missed how the conversation got there. But Jeff started polling everyone in the room to see who wears Speedos. And when I say Speedos, I assume that they're talking about guys' banana hammocks, right? Because... Speedo's a brand. It's a brand. So it's kind of like people saying, pass me a Kleenex. And you're like, is it okay if it's a Trader Joe's tissue paper instead? Paper tissue? What's What do they actually call clean? I think it is paper tissue. And then tissue paper is... We Americans just suck at naming things. That's all I'm going to say. We prove it time and time again. But um, yeah, so they're talking about banana hammocks, which also, is it fair to say banana hammocks? Which, what a fun word to say, first of all, banana, 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 banana hammock, banana, 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 banana phone. That was from Amanda, the Amanda Bynes show. I know sometimes it's just like a ping pong trying to figure out my brain, but um, Amanda, and this is what I was saying about Emma Watson, like she could have gone down a very dark path being a child star, just like many of our beloved child stars have. So if Emma Watson needs to stay sane by not having people come up to her every five fucking seconds on a private island to ask for pictures, then I love that for her. Long live Hermione. Okay, so banana hammocks. If you say your banana is more of a, like, shishito pepper... (laughs) A mini cuke, a mini cuke, if you will. <laughs> what did Jill say about the hotel room? Small, but it's fine. If it's if it's small, but it's fine, then yeah. Do we do we call it a shishito hammock, a shish, a pepper hammock? Um. Okay, but wait. Also, speedos because the more that they kept on saying speedo, um. I just always wore speedo speedo bathing suits growing up and not the banana hammocks. I'm talking a full, my every hammock and crevice was covered on this fluffy body back in the day. But swim lessons, swim lessons at the YMCA pool. We had to wear speedo swim caps. I mean, any swim cap, but speedo was um, a monopoly at that point. And so they were just like these pure latex things. <laughs> I have never looked less attractive than swimming lessons at a YMCA pool, but (laughs) you guys, they looked like whoopee cushions. They looked like we had fucking, (laughs) all the little kids in the YMCA pool at swim class in their swim caps, like, (laughs) looked like they had fucking whoopee cushions on their heads, which... (laughs) (laughs) makes sense because there were a lot of brain farts going on a lot of brain farts going on in that pool 
Um, no, but <laughs> okay, let's just move on to the Friday episode. We had the OG of the OC and the motherfucking Bill D. We had Vicky Gunvalson and Michael Smith and Doug Buden Biatch. So you guys then, oh my God, on JLL, this was a fucking amazing. We got a Vicky snore. We got a Vicky snore. What a classic move. So one of Vicky's signature go-tos when she's bored as fuck by the conversation. <laughs> It's a snore halfway through, like. <sniffs> so, um, I just want to say that when Vicky started talking about insurance on JLL for, I don't know, 17,000 minutes today, all I could think was. <sniffs> <coughs> ow! Ow! Oh my God, that hurts so bad. I'll leave the snoring to Vicky. All right, everyone, that is enough for this motherfucking week. We'll be back next week with another Jeff Lewis Live recap. In the meantime, just have the best fucking life. Have the best fucking day. Do whatever the fuck you need to do to be happy. If you've been trolling people lately, go find a hobby. It's okay. We, I forgive you, but go find, go find a hobby. Get a hobby. And podcasting is my hobby. So we'll be right fucking back here next week. Love you. Bye. Splash. Splash, splash. Splash, you say. I should say